Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Today's podcast is brought to you by G3 Conference 2018. Right now, if you go and register for the conference and use the code BAR, you get $40 off of your registration. You don't want to miss this conference located in Atlanta, Georgia, from January the 17th through the 20th with great speakers such as Stephen Lawson, Vody Bakum, and many more. Go now and register. Don't forget, use the code BAR for $40 off. Enjoy the bar. Yo, welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast. The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets. The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern the reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another tuesday your favorite podcast the bar where we are biblical and reformed and i'm in here with uh pastor tony uh all the way from raleigh north carolina near my stomping grounds i'm from eastern north carolina you guys probably get tired of me talking about that and raleigh hopefully one day will be my home once again uh pastor tony how are you today i'm doing well man doing well Good deal. Good deal. What I like to do right here in the beginning, just to jump right in, is to uh, give you the floor to uh, give, you know, any kind of brief background, whether it's personal or professional, kind of like a little bio snippet right here. Yeah, man. Happy to do it. It's great to be on the show, bro. And um, I didn't I wasn't aware of the, the North Carolina connection. Uh, I got a, yeah, a man. great church for you if you move over here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I was uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, um, grew up um, the son of a union factory worker in Detroit, a long line of those uh, kind of blue collar workers, actually. Um, mm. My dad met my mom. She was from Kentucky, and uh, they ended up moving to Kentucky to her hometown when I was small. Um, went to college uh, at a small school in Kentucky on a baseball scholarship. And while I was there, uh, became a Christian my sophomore year of college. And uh, the next year, my junior year, when I was really trying to discern my calling, met a uh, seminary professor who was teaching at New Orleans at the time. He came and preached for like three nights in a row. 
and was just really unpacking the scriptures uh, clearly, powerfully, and I just, the Lord really moved in my heart that week, and I said, that's what I want to do the rest of my life, and so I ended up finishing my, my college degree, and then I moved to New Orleans to study under this uh, particular professor, um, so I ended up staying in the city of uh, New Orleans for about eight years. I uh, finished a master's degree there and, and did my PhD, uh, wrote my dissertation on John Piper, and then I started hmm. pastoring uh, in the city. And um, it was my first pastor. I was about 27. I got married in the middle of uh, my, my PhD. And um, then uh, after about eight months, uh, Hurricane Katrina came through and slammed the city hmm. and really uh, affected our church in a, a variety of ways. Um, we stayed in the aftermath of Katrina for the next couple of years, and really um, the church changed a lot. It had changed from what was uh, kind of a growing, uh, it was growing in diversity and also growing in age. When I took the church, it was a um, pretty old white uh, church, mm -hmm. a lot of folks driving in from outside the city into this building. And so we were making really good progress, um, and uh, it really it really was a, a difficult season. Uh, I was left basically with a lot of senior adults, and uh, here I was, 27 years old, um, trying to serve them and love them. And they were wonderful, but I really felt like this was a different church. I felt like someone else could mm -hmm. lead them better than I could. And my wife and I had thought about church planting before we took this church, and so we started uh, thinking through that once again. My wife's from the D.C. area, so we went on a, a vision trip. Uh, about two or three years after Katrina, uh, and we're actually looking at D.C. Um, long story short, I ended up back at the seminary teaching. Uh, my plans uh, included trying to plant another church uh, in the city, and um, one thing led to another. I ended up in Mississippi while I was a, uh, a professor. I was doing an interim pastorate for about 18 months, and um, after uh, a period of time serving in the seminary, we transitioned to that church on a full-time basis, but really with a understanding of we're more of a transitional pastor. Didn't think that was mm -hmm. our final stop. Um, church was great. They were great to us. In the process, we adopted five children. Um, and then after about three or four years at this church in Mississippi, we just said, you know, we, we want to plant a church before we die. So I was about 33, 34 at the time. And uh, we started looking at mid-sized cities, cities with a lot of college students, a lot of young professionals, thought we would appeal well to them. Um, my wife mm -hmm. uh, loves the, the East Coast. And so uh, we started looking at Raleigh and um, we just sensed the Lord's, Lord's leadership here. Several providential things happened. And we moved here about six and a half years ago to start Amago Day. And so that's where we're at wow. now, about six years into this church plant and uh, just trying to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> wow that is awesome that is awesome yeah that's that's my area man that's that's my my old stomping ground um i actually uh i grew up in a little town called turkey north carolina which is right outside okay. of fedville and yeah. um but raleigh you know smallest turkey is you know if we want to go to the mall we go to fedville or raleigh so you know <laughs> i was up there yeah, quite yeah. a bit yes sir yeah so um you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, the church, Imago Day. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you you mentioned you know how it was in in New Orleans, but tell me a little bit about mm -hmm. the culture there mm -hmm. uh, at at the church. Mm -hmm. 
So um, we started the church, didn't know where we would meet, and we've, we've been in three locations. We finally bought a permanent facility uh, this past year, and so our, our actual meeting place is in North Raleigh, and North mm-hmm. Raleigh is an interesting area. I mean, the whole area is interesting. So within right. a walking distance of our church building, we, there is a, an apartment complex that has about 180 apartments, and over 80% of the residents are refugees. And so mm-hmm. we, we're making a, a diligent effort to, to reach them, serve them, love them. Um, and so you, you've got uh, a very diverse uh, pocket right there just with, again, you could walk to it from our building. And then you've got a lot of um, uh, these kind of hipster, if you go down just a little bit, a little uh, more <laughs> hipster, right. uh, kind of angry at the church, hostile to Christianity. Um that's a really growing number here. You know, there's about 6,000 mm-hmm. within a, a mile and a half of our building that are single kind of young professionals uh, looking for community, not really interested in the church. That that seems right. to be the, the pocket we're reaching best. And then about, you know, all around uh, kind of in a two to three mile radius, uh, there's a lot of diversity. It really depends on what street you're on. And so uh, the church is beginning to grow since we moved to this permanent location. Um, we, we, we have the culture for diversity. We have the doctrine, I believe, for right. diversity, the heart for it. Um, and, but I think this location is putting us in a really unique place to, to see it lived out uh, locally in a, in a local church. So slowly we're starting to see uh, more and more um, diverse ages, um, backgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, nationalities. We've got a number of uh, Hispanics who some of them can't even speak English and they're coming every uh, Sunday. So we're, we're translating wow. for them. We, we've started a Saturday night service uh, once a month, not in place of Sunday, but a kind of a Saturday night gathering that's uh, Spanish speaking. Um, we've got Persians, we've got uh, Argentinians, Tinians, we've got uh, oh, we've got a lot of nations <laughs> wow. represented right now. Um, again, not yeah. as much as I would I would like to see, uh, but that's our hope. We we want we want there to be diversity around the gospel, um, and I believe that diversity is important for a number of reasons. And one of them is uh, when you have a blend of cultures, you you begin to see the gospel clearly. You begin to see what holds us together is not um, mm-hmm. our idiosyncrasies and our preferences, but what what holds us together is the gospel. And so the gospel is made clear right. and, and more visible when there's diversity. And you begin to see what's essential in the church and what's not essential. And I think it's really important. Um, and so we're longing for it because we want to reach our neighborhood. And we're longing for it because we want to make the gospel clear and visible uh, to the watching world. So those that's, uh, you know, on the diversity end. On the social end, we're also um, very involved with orphan care. And um, mm-hmm. trying to fight human trafficking, we've got an, a, a mission, a ministry that works in India in particular, that's trying to end gender side, which is the killing of little girls in India. Right. And so, just trying to have a blend of uh, uh, word ministry, uh, preaching the gospel clearly, and deed ministry, um, trying to serve and love the poor, the orphan, the sojourner. Um, and uh, that's hard to do sometimes. And what, what tends to happen is we attract, you know, one group of Christians because we preach through books of the Bible, but they're not really into social uh, justice. Mm-hmm. And then we pre- reach another group that's really into like social justice, but they don't really believe 
the the claims of Christ and the you know uh, the truthfulness of the Bible, and so mm-hmm. um, we, we find our, ourselves kind of in a in a third place, um, gotcha. which I think is a good place to be uh, as a Christian. Uh, so you can't label us as Republican, you can't label us as Democrat. Um, we're trying to really live out a what I would call just a gospel-centered biblical lifestyle, which tends to offend right. people in different ways, you know. Um, so right, right. we don't we don't we don't always get it right. But I think when people come to our church, they're they're just saying this church is different. I can't figure you guys out. And I, I think that's what <laughs> gospel gospel centrality does is it makes you a very unique church, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we're praying that the Lord be glorified through it all, you know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it's funny because, you know, as you described all of that, I I know that that all of that is part of the Raleigh-Durham, like, area. Like, you know, every bit of that that you described, you know, you guys are dressing. Uh, I know that being the culture, you know, um, because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole hipster and, and, and angry against the church, you know, even though we – are considered a Bible Belt, you know, there's definitely a culture switch, you know, with the whole, you know, the mm-hmm. university being there and a lot of the, uh, the, uh, oh, yeah. I guess the metropolitan jobs and, uh, you know, higher end jobs. So that definitely, mm-hmm. uh, that, that rings a bell. That rings a bell for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. another thing that, um, that, that I've always heard connected to your name, uh, is the whole church plant thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know you guys are X 29 and even the podcast, I'm gonna ask you about a little bit later, but, um, talk about, you know, I guess, uh, what has been, you know, I know it's a part of the X 29 mission for churches to plant churches, to plant churches. You know, I, I, I listen to you mm-hmm. guys show us, so I hear that every week, but, um, so what, what, what has been some of the, the, I guess, challenges as far as being a church that's planting churches and then also maybe some of the rewards uh, that you, mm-hmm. you've witnessed in the last couple of years? Great question, man. Great question. Um, so uh, challenges for us in particular is we, we've got, uh, we're rich in human resources, but not so much in financial resources. <laughs> so we've got, <laughs> we, 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 we've got the soldiers, you know, we've got some really mm-hmm. good uh, dudes, who want to lead church planning. We got a lot of ladies who want to use their gifts on a church planning team as well. And so when Mm -hmm. we send out, we don't really send out a person, we send out teams. And so we sent out a team to Baltimore and DC most recently. And we probably have Mm -hmm. a handful of other seven or eight, one in Denver, one in Atlanta, Philly. Um, And so we're, we're trying to train up um, really everybody in gospel centrality uh, a good, robust ecclesiology, you know, that they love the mm-hmm. church, they understand how the church ought to function and so on. And then when we send them out, you know, they're, uh, they're equipped at least, uh, biblically to, to, uh, to be healthy and efficient. Um, right. So I feel like from the pulpit down to our small groups, like church planning is really, it's, it's, uh, pervasive within our whole culture as a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a thing called the peace plan, um, that is kind of describes our mission with, and the P is, is plant churches. It's an acronym. And so the, from the very beginning, from membership class all the way through to, you know, hearing sermons is dripped every so often. And then, you know, with small groups and we're, we're sending out teams and people are seeing that it's in the budget. So it's reflected there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we, we pray for our church planters corporately. So it's really part of the ethos of the church. Um, and so, uh, 
that's that's a strength i think that we're we're building that into the the fabric of the church um we don't have again we're not a super wealthy church and so our church planters have to do a good bit of fundraising. They have to work with various organizations uh, to try to right. make ends meet. Um, and so that's, that's been a challenge. Um, one of the rewards is uh, it, it's very counterintuitive, but I think churches that plant churches actually grow themselves. Um, I think mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. pastors fear losing people if they send you know, yep, people yep. on a church plant. And what I've seen is the opposite, is what happens is it breathes life into the church. It just keeps reminding the church that we're on mission. And you may not be on a church plant, right. but you start seeing your neighborhood as a mission field, you know. And so it just continues to breathe that that uh, God is on mission. And how, how does he want to use my life within his mission, right. you know. Um, and so that's been a reward, I think, is to see that even though we've sent out, you know, a lot of people, our church continues to grow. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think a, a lot of that is because we're, we're constantly hammering gospel and mission um, within right. the context of community. So, um, yeah, we're. Um, I think one of the challenges now that I'm seeing in church planting, just speaking more broadly, is mm-hmm. uh, back 10 years ago or so, when you had the Driscolls, the Darren Patrick, Tim Keller, mm-hmm. you know, um, a lot of the guys that people would be familiar with today, um, they were, they'd actually preached a whole lot. I mean, most of those guys had been in college ministry. They had uh, spoken uh, on the circuit. They had been pastors. You know, Keller had been a pastor for seven years or so, would have been a seminary professor. He's like 40 years old. And so a lot of these guys were actually well-equipped in real-life church ministry, and they had a couple hundred sermons under their belt. And the the trend now is that we're sending out younger guys who are kind of more fresh out of seminary or maybe just a year internship in a church, and they're going out, Mm -hmm. and they don't have that level of of experience. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's something we're trying to combat, trying to give our guys more and more reps to preach trying to make them like leaders of small groups and in kind of any way we can to kind of get them right. into the real gr- grind of real life ministry. Um, because I think it's a shock to a lot of them, how hard it is to prepare sermons weekly, uh, how to deal with conflict and people, if you've never done it before, right. how to handle a budget right. and all these other things that goes on in the life of, of a pastor or leader. So, um, I think, um, I think, we we're, we need to slow down in some sense in sending guys. We need to think more carefully about preparing them, giving them a lot of servant work to do, helping them see right. what life in in a church is like. And so we, we're not on it. We, we so we're we're also slowing down in terms of our let's assess well, gotcha. let's assess the wife, let's assess the team. Uh, don't mm-hmm. rush out of here. You know we want to prepare you for thirty years, and so we're taking this mm-hmm. long term look. And so that might mean three to five more years of prep for you, but it'll be worth it, you know, if you if you're ready to go. Right. So right. those are some things we're right. learning. Wow, that's 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 awesome, uh, man. You said a lot right there because you know first, <laughs> you know, uh, the the releasing of people and then you know seeing a growth because you know I I grew up you know Black Baptist and it was mm-hmm. like. You know, you're not going nowhere. You know, we got to keep everybody right here, you know, in my arms, you know. So just mm-hmm. to hear that, you know, that, that whole, you know, it's almost like, you know, not I, I'm I'm also ex uh, 
Pentecostal too. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna throw out one of those charismatic terms. Almost like you're sowing people and you're reaping people. <laughs> yeah. My list is gonna yeah. kill me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, that that's 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 awesome, man. And then also the whole training, you know, training giving you reps before you leave. Uh, because you know, I I do a segment every month called uh, Local Pastor Spot. And uh, and I've interviewed a lot of guys, you know, that uh, planted their own or took over. And one of the things that's a, a constant trend is the ones that actually received training or, you know, studied under a ministry or, you know, really put in the time. You know, they, they had, you know, pretty, pretty successful, you know, I guess. I guess you can say successful mm-hmm. rates or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really good, man. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying this, but right here, we're going to take a quick break for one of our sponsors. The narrow gate always leads down the narrow path. You cannot go through the narrow gate and then walk the broad path, narrow gate, narrow path, broad gate, broad path. You cannot mix and choose. Join us this January as we spend an entire weekend focused on the practical components of discipleship. It's a conference for the local church. Reserve your seat and book your hotel by visiting g3conference.com. All right, we're back here with Pastor Tony and uh, from Imago Day Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Really great conversation. Um, makes me hate that I agreed to 30 minutes only, but uh, we're going to stick to the books. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but uh, right here, I want to talk about um, the podcast, man. Um, you know, I, I've been listening to it for a while. I'm, I am I consider myself a podcast nerd uh, just because I do it. So I always listen to other shows and, and, and other things going on um, and didn't know, didn't put two and two together, Tony, until probably about a week ago, maybe that it was actually you <laughs> hosting the show. You know, I didn't. Didn't even put it together, man. So let's talk about that. Like, how did that come about? And 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 how do we how do we get to the X twenty nine podcast and you being the host? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I was about the third option for, uh, and that might be too generous. Um, Steve Simmons, our our CEO, came to me and asked me if I would do it. Uh, there was some transition going on. And so I said, yeah, man, I've never hosted a podcast. I don't really know what I'm, I've never taken a course. Uh, the only podcast I really <laughs> listen to are sermons. Um, and I don't even do that anymore. I'd listen to the serial podcast and got, got uh, really into mm-hmm. that. You know, I listen to occasional show here and there as people would send me a link, but I was, I probably should have talked to you cause I was not <laughs> in any way educated <laughs> in, in how to host a podcast. But I just said, I'll right. give it a go. And if, if you want to fire me in six months, uh, you can do that. And it won't <laughs> offend me. So I just volunteered, you know, to um, mm-hmm. kind of fill a gap in the interim. And um, yeah, I, I really started enjoying it. I, I started learning a lot. Um, and it mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. it was just something really different for me. So, you know, m- most of my life is sermon prep, meetings, teaching, right. you know, writing, but the podcast, 30 minutes with somebody in, say, Scotland or uh, Nigeria, um, just mm. talking about their ministry. I just found that, man, I really loved these conversations personally. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, after uh, about a year, um, we, we've decided to kind of ramp it up. We've got several ideas in the hopper. Um, none of them are, are finalized yet. 
Um, gotcha. but yeah, it's been, it's been really good, uh, learning, learning experience for me. We spend about 30 minutes, uh, per show. Uh, right now we're only dropping about two, two shows per month. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of that again was because of my own, uh, uh, time. Um, I think some of that will be, uh, could be ramped up in the near future. Um, but we're, we try to get a blend of, uh, guys from the States and guys internationally, um, so, uh, Acts 29 is, is not, you know, an American, uh, church planting, uh, family of, of networks. It's, it's, it's a global diverse family. And so right, right now though, the larger percentage of Acts 29 churches are in America, but I'm, mm-hmm. I try to cover a range. And so we'll interview guys from Malawi to Dubai, to Nigeria, to Texas, you know, and wow. just try to strike a strike a balance with that try to uh think through issues of contextualization how, how do we apply the gospel in these various places so we had an interview mm-hmm. recently with uh a brother from nigeria named femi who uh is in lagos which is a, a very religious very spiritual kind of place but no gospel clarity in in lagos you know um mm-hmm. and he's the only 829 guy in nigeria and lagos is the largest city in all of africa um, mm-hmm. and so there's, it just exposes the podcast. We're trying to bring exposure to need spotlight guys are doing gotcha. some heroic gotcha. work that nobody knows about. Um, we just interviewed a guy in Scotland who's, uh, doing this thing called 20 schemes, Mes McConnell and met a scheme in, in Scotland or what we would call like the projects here. And Mez mm-hmm. has an amazing mm-hmm. testimony. He was in prison and on and on got converted by reading Matthew Henry's commentary on Romans and uh wow. starts planting churches and so he's trying to plant 20 churches in 20 schemes in scotland and so we just had him on the show to talk about what he's doing and just some incredible work you know um so yeah it's been an experience i've I've learned a lot and uh hopefully it's been encouraging to uh those who are listening nice yeah yeah i i, I enjoy it man uh check it out from time to time um definitely ready for you guys to ramp it up uh you gotta go you gotta get to one a week like the bar man we we hear every week sometimes twice a week yeah 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 i hear you man i hear you well i'm in the process of making some transition myself um okay transitioning out of the seminary which is going to open up a lot of uh space for me nice we'll see what we can do with it yeah awesome awesome good deal just remember i told you that you know just give me a shout out or something (laughs) <laughs> yeah man Man, so yeah. this this has been awesome man uh definitely uh enjoy talking to you um and uh i like to throw in what i call my bar signature questions you actually answered one of them already so i'm gonna skip that one and i'm gonna go with the 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 i guess the second one technically um and my bar signature question is what kind of music do you listen to when nobody's around oh, What's what's Tony playing in the car? So I'm very eclectic. I like everything except country. Uh, <laughs> normally, if you come up to my office, which is on in like in my attic at my house, I've got Bach on, or the piano guys, mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. just just something like that. Um, when I'm grilling, uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but I like Fleetwood Mac and a lot of like <laughs> '70s rock. When I'm working out, nice. I like to uh, I like hip hop. And uh, on the way to baseball games, I was just listening to Shy Lynn's new one over the last couple of days. Oh yeah, uh, I, yeah. I really, I really, really dig that. Um, 
I grew up loving rap. I used to rap every every Friday in art class, actually in sixth grade. Oh wow! I a new one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I don't have the skills to do it. But I I I love the art, and I think a lot of the Christian hip hop is is giving us the best lyrical depth right now, without mm-hmm. question, in contemporary Christian sure. music. You know, and so I'm deeply mm-hmm. edified by their music. It's not just the beat. I'm just really edified by their by their work. And so we actually had a Christmas hip hop concert at our church recently. Um, oh, okay, that was really cool. And we've got the ambassador who's at our church. And uh, he 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 uh, he gives a little bit every now and then, uh, which is really nice. fun. But yeah, I like a lot of a lot of different music. I'm a big Bach fan. That's uh, that's my ordinary in the office music. Right. Other than that, nice. I, I kind of branch out. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. That's dope, man. I like that. I like that. Uh, this the other question was, what podcast do you listen to? But you say you don't really listen to podcasts. All I'm gonna do is, uh, when you get some more time, you know, you step away from the seminary side, you know, you you listen to some some bar podcasts every now and again, just to <laughs> just to stay sharp. Just to stay I sharp. I will, bro. You know I will. <laughs> Good deal, man. Well, I have really appreciated it. Uh, you being on my show, man, uh, really appreciate it. Uh, the time that you, you gave me, um, and, and making this work. Um, what I'm gonna do right here is give you the floor, man. Anything you want to say to my listeners, uh, whether it be a shout out or encouragement or whatever, I'm gonna give you the floor to do that right here. Yeah. I don't want to really be a self promoter, but in, if, uh, listeners do are it. interested in, um, like some follow-up resources, um, you just go on Amazon. I've got several several books out. One uh, one set of commentaries that are they're slowly dripping out. We've got about fifteen in print, and so um, it's called the uh, Christ-centered exposition that I edited with uh, David Platt and Danny Aiken. And then if you are interested in orphan care or kind of neighbor love stuff, uh, two books. One is called Orphanology. It's about eight years old. It's on orphan care. And then a book called Ordinary, which is uh, only about a, cu- a couple of years old. That's more on uh, more general neighbor love, hospitality, advocacy, um, uh, uh, how to how to do Micah six eight, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly mm-hmm. with God. So perhaps those would serve uh, the listeners, make them aware of it. There. So it's been an honor to be on Good the show. Good deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would definitely uh, put links to those books in the show notes, you guys, and make sure you click on it through the show notes so you can bless Pastor Tony and bless the bar at the same time because we have an Amazon affiliate. So make sure you go buy his books, check him out, check him out at uh, Acts 29 Podcast. Uh, also uh, at the church, if you're in the Raleigh area, I definitely will be coming through as uh, soon as I get up there and, and, and got some time or if I move up there, I come pay you a couple of visits, man. You got to, I want to want to meet you, shake your hand, sir, for sure. As long as, long as you sit on the front row with me. All right. <laughs> I, I, I will see about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Good deal. But if there's nothing else, we out of here, y'all. God bless you. See you next Tuesday.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many, many more. Make sure you sign up. The link's in the show notes. Join the VIP inside the bar group and we'll see you there.